Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sport of Kings podcast. On this special Thursday pod, we will discuss the nine Breeders' Cup races being run this Saturday, November 6th. This is show number 147, November 4th, 2021. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Sport of Kings, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, have you now arrived in California? No, I, uh, I've... I'm packed, and I'll be leaving as soon as we finish recording uh, the podcast this morning. I'm heading out. Well, the weather should be great. It always is there in Del Mar, um, and it should be a great weekend. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Breeders' Cup is a great experience if people haven't ever been there live. It's definitely something you should have on your bucket list if you're a racing fan, and even if you're not going to be there, it's a great day as a racing fan. And nothing is more fun for a horse player than chatting about big races with people you respect and um, enjoy spending time with. And that's what we're going to do today. Support the Sport of Kings podcast by contributing to our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com slash sportofkings and donate as little as $3 per month. That's patreon.com slash sportofkings. Thank you for your support. And we have a special returning guest. He's a professional horse player and the 2016 NHC champion. He's Paul Matisse. Paul, welcome back. Thanks for having me, Scott. Thanks for preparing for... For nine, <laughs> for nine grueling races. Uh, the question I would have for you uh, just before we get started is, do you have any overall thoughts on this year's Breeders' Cup that yeah, we should my, be considering? Well, I know not necessarily gambling opinion, but I'm really disappointed in our American trainers for ducking horses that shouldn't be ducked. I think it's terrible. I know that the there was some travel problems, but like my brother Duke, who's, who I think was on with you guys yesterday, says it bluntly. They had no problem getting here from uh, Japan, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not sure what the problem was for everybody else. But uh, I, I, these favorites are good, but they shouldn't be ducked the way they've been ducked in this, uh, in this, especially in the Breeders' Cup. That's not what the Breeders' Cup's all about. Yeah, and uh, even second place money is pretty good. Yeah, it's. I mean, we're talking about a business where it's it's not even all about money. I mean, some of these trainers got to get over their their own business. You know, it's it. You know, it's a sport, and it's it's the ultimate sporting event. You know, I mean, when I say, in a, in a different sense, you know, it's it's for the competition, 
it's my horse versus your horse. It's not every everything about dollars and trainer percentages. You know, it's it it's shameful actually. You know that that we don't have better horses and and more better challenges for these horses that are you know already crowned champions. You know, for the lack of a better phrase, I don't know what you guys think, but that it's upsetting to me. Well, I, you know, I think every, you know, every horse is different. Um, every trainer, you know, I, I, I guess, you know, shipping out to California may not be in the best interest for some of the horses, but, um, but certainly there's definitely a lot of ducking going on. So uh, it does seem like there should be more action than there is. So some of these fields should be bigger. Without a doubt. Yeah, but you can say that about the entire year. I mean, to me, uh, it's just as frustrating to see these horses that only run three or four times, even if they do run in the Breeders' Cup. I mean, domestic spending, our best turf horse, is like run once in the last six months or something. I mean, I know. I I I don't know how that's any better than, you know, ducking the Breeders' Cup. So I, it's just frustrating that these horses just don't compete very often, and they don't compete against you know the best of the, of their peers for even less. So. And that, that is a big difference from when I first started watching in racing, you know, the best horses were knocking heads throughout the year. I mean, it just, that was just kind of accepted and part of the game, but now it's like they avoid one another and they hardly ever race. And when they do, they're trying to pick a spot where they, they don't have to face the really good horse or their best competition. But, you know, that's just the nature of the game. We got to live with it. Um, but it is, it does kind of, um, really come, you know, into full view on Breeders' Cup when you start looking at these PPs and how um, sparsely raced some of these horses are and, and, and some of the horses that aren't here. So I, I agree with you. Yeah, definitely. You know, the thing, is, just to add on, it, it, 100% that's the whole mentality. But at least to me, I don't, I don't think it ever had uh, vaped into the Breeders' Cup. And now we are, now we're into the Breeders' Cup too. You know, that's, uh, that's a shame. Yeah, I miss the days of Valley Sheba, Ferdinand, Easy Go or Sunday Silence. They ran on. Oh, well. They showed up. Valley Sheba, he ran anywhere <laughs> and everywhere. I mean, all over the, all over the place. Yep, yep. <laughs> Those are the good old days. Well, anyway, we still have some opportunity, and uh, there there are a few very competitive races, so we will get started. We're gonna um, we're doing Saturday's Breeders' Cup races, starting with the fourth, which is the Philly and Mare Sprint, seven furlongs on the dirt. Paul, can you beat Gamine? Well, you know, this is a great lead-in for what we were just talking about. If Gamine had run in the old days, like. Uh, you know, the, the grumpy old men we are nowadays. If they, if he had run three weeks later after his last race, I would have made a huge bet against her. You know, and this is the, this is, you know, this is why we complain about stuff like this because, you know, she had an easy lead. She ran, she didn't even run good because they all just conceded to her last time at Saratoga. If you watch the head on, her head is cocked the whole time. She's lugging out the whole race. But because she got an easy lead, she was able to win. But here's the problem. Now, now we've, uh, that was in August. <laughs> you know, we're three months away now. 
is that going to be the same gamine? You know, I, you don't you don't know. And by all accounts, the way she's breathing, she's breathing better. They could have worked with her for the whole time. These are the opportunities that fall by the wayside when when you have this kind of uh, you know scenario and then the way things play out. So, I mean, I, in my mind, I still want to be against her because I I thought she was. Frankly, she hasn't been impressive at all all year, even though she's she's won all of her races. I mean, she she's done enough to win, and that's that's fine. But she's not running the figure she ran last year when she was on Lasix. So, um, unfortunately, it's not a great spot to bet against her because there's not a you know a, a great field. So, it just becomes where a good opportunity falls by the wayside. I mean, I'll give you. Bella Sophia's race is really fast last time, but Inside Speed did good that day. So it's hard to it's hard to figure out how if she's going to come back and ship across country. And New York Speed horses in California isn't always the greatest uh, scenario. So and then and now and then she's I don't think she's going to clear Gamine, so it's probably just going to go out and look at each other. That's usually what they do in these short fields. So what she can do, she's proven that she can stalk and win. But I'm not sure I want to take her at a short price either. Um, and the three and four or the the two horses that have a chance if if they fell apart. There's reasons, small reasons maybe to play them. I mean, CC's an okay horse, but I thought her race in Saratoga was better than it looked, and I thought she could beat Gamine that day. So I'll probably lean towards her. And edge away, I'm not a jockey guy, but I will just note that the two times that Rosario rode edge away, she ran on my on my on my figures probably five lengths faster, and I don't see that often. And it could be just a coincidence, but I'm just pointing it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, so hopefully, well, that five points on your figures will be enough to beat Gamine. Chris, what did you think? Um, I agree with everything that Paul said. Edgeway is the only one possibly you could play and is two for two with Rosario and Rosario, you know, so that that's big. Um, but, you know, if Gamine runs a race, no one's going to beat her, but you know, it's a big if, um, I mean, maybe not a big if there's also the whole thing with Baffert and he can't even use the legal meds the way he normally would, um, given the special conditions he's trained under here. Um, and Gamine's definitely one that's been using and abusing the legal meds. Um, uh, definitely a sore horse with some problems and has been her entire career. So, you know, that you got to factor that in too. Um, but I, I just, I'm not really interested in betting this race at all. And I pretty much agree with everything Paul said. All right. Well, um, I mean, it's it's hard to beat Gamine, and I think what uh, all of her races this year have been faster than Edgeway has ever run. the The only thing I will say is that Edgeway has a pattern suggesting that she could run the race of her life, and she has run the best five for long workouts of her life coming into this race. So if uh, you know if you're in the BCBC, you might consider an exacta. Um, or if you have any reason to go against Gamine and, and, you know, the, the Baffert, um, uh, the Baffert lockdown could be a reason for doing that. 
Um, I, I personally, just for some action, I'll probably do like I'll use Edgeway and a pick three just just to try to be Kameen, just for like an action pick three. Uh, so I'll, I'll call Edgeway my pick, but I'm really not betting very much. Yeah, and we'll know. We'll watch watch how the Baffert horses run um, on Friday, especially as two year olds, because if they're not running, that's probably not a good sign for his older horses um, on Saturday, in in particular, Gamine. Yeah, although yeah, I was going to say the same thing as Chris. So that, I de- definitely make sure you, you see how Baffert's doing, and by that point, we should have an idea. Yeah, you know, he also has had he's had sh- horses, multiple horses running, say in New York, where he was under constant surveillance, where like two of them dogged it, but then one of them romped. Like Gamine, I think the day Gamine won uh, at Saratoga, I think there was some other horse that dogged it. So, so you can't just like just in case you know, just if if one of his horses runs really badly on Friday, it doesn't mean like you can toss all his horses, um, but. It's, it's, it's certainly something to con- think to, to consider. Well, I will. If his horses don't run on Friday, I'm tossing all his horses on Saturday. I can tell you that. If his two-year-olds don't run at home, then um, I'm going to be really against all his older horses on Saturday. Uh, I'm going to play that. I might get burned, but um, that's definitely the way I'll play it because it's not just extra scrutiny. He's playing by a different set of rules with the legal meds heading into these races, so... It may not have any impact, but but we'll see. I mean, uh, we'll we'll see how their horse his horses run, um, especially on Friday. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I actually got a, a I I got a copy of the DRF workout report for Friday, and um, the the horse that I mentioned yesterday that's one of his fastest, but is a price Barasa, appears to be working out very well, getting good workout reports. So, um, you know that. That that could be, that could be an indicator right there. And he's he's got you know that's the juvenile where he's got a couple of horses in there. I think he's got three horses. So, just a, an extra note for anybody who might have been listening yesterday. All right, we'll move to the fifth race. It's the turf sprint, five furlongs. And Chris, what are you thinking here? Well, this is a wide open race, and this is the one where I've got my blow the toad up pod bomb bc bomb of the weekend in this race and that is the number seven charmaine's mia who's uh could be any price in here um i i don't think she's a super horse but i just don't think this is a very strong field for the bc's turf sprint she um has always been better sprinting on the turf. She's won on firm turf at Gulfstream going five furlongs, so she can handle the distance. And that was before she got into the D'Amato barn um, this year. She joined that barn, and she got really good. In fact, she got so good that um, she actually won two races going a mile, two grade, graded stakes races going a mile, but that sort of ended up being to her detriment because then they got greedy and they actually tried to stretch her out even farther against like grade one horses and that didn't work out too well not surprisingly but they you know they came back to earth and they they decided they're gonna point her to this race and they ran her down the hill which was sort of a in between six and a half furlongs down the hill 
she showed good speed, got a little tired. You know, she probably hasn't run that fast early for a while, especially down that hill. But it probably sharpened her speed and definitely has her dead fit. Um, now they're cutting her back to five furlongs, and they they worked her on the training track at Santa Anita, 57 and change. That, that is just super fast workout. So you know they're really trying to tighten the screws and sharpen her speed. And um, you know she draws a pretty good post. I don't think she has to be on the lead, but she'll be forwardly placed. And there's not a ton of speed for a, a you know turf sprint in the Breeders' Cup. So, you know, I think she could blow up the tote. I, I don't see why she couldn't win in here. Um, you can make a case for a whole bunch, but they're not all going to be 40 to one or higher. So I'm kind of excited about maybe uh, putting a few bucks on this horse um, and hoping that she runs a race. All right. Charmaine's Mia has. It's is o for one at Del Mar, but that was a mile and a sixteenth in a grade two. Paul, what did you think here? Well, I, I think uh, Chris's horse is a good bomb. I'm not sure she's uh, the workout. I guess is a good thing to sharpness, but in fact, the, she's in my watch list on a cutback. But I didn't think her cutback would be in the. Uh, he's in. She's in my watch list for a cutback. But I didn't think the cutback would be the Breeders' Cup sprint. <laughs> but um, so, so I can I definitely see his his points. I, you know, the horse that that I liked was uh, Emiratiana, one of the foreign horses, which is really unusual for me to pick a foreign turf sprinter. For the most part, I don't usually think uh, they're as good as the American sprinters. But this is the first year without LASIK, so that's one thing. And also, I think the two best the two fastest uh, horses really caught bad draws in gear jockey and fast boat. I thought they were the two, the two best. Uh, they've kind of worked into being the two best American turf sprinters and 10 and 11 at Del Mar going five, eight with both horses that kind of need to get some kind of position that they, they both could be in trouble. And I really think that Emiratiana could sit perfect. The, uh, as far as uh, the way Del Mar plays out, with behind Golden Pal, because I think Golden Pal is going to get the lead, and I think he's going to blow up in the stretch. So if he can get out, um, I think he's going to sit right in behind because I think Emiratian is faster than Glass Slippers. So uh, I'm looking for the uh, the pocket rocket for Emiratian. I really like the way um, he traveled. I got to see some of his replays this morning, and he traveled uh, much better and relaxed. And I didn't think. He won six furlongs straightaway last time, and you could tell that distance is a distance. He's got distance limitations, but to me, that's that's even better because that's what a five furlong race at Delmar is. I mean, you can't get much of a. It's for a race with horses with distance limitations, so I, I, I just think maybe he'll trip out. So that's why that's where I'm leaning. All right. Well, <clears throat> I had a an epiphany <clears throat> this morning looking at this race, uh, which was blowing my mind. It was boggling my mind. And that is the four, Lieutenant Dan. Um, he's working on three wins in a row. He's about as fast as these. And I think he could sit just off of Golden Pal, um, right on the outside of him. There's not too much speed. 
you know, maybe some other horse like Charmaine to me is going to come out and, and, and sort of muck it up for him. But I see him like just too wide getting a perfect trip. He's two for two on this course. Um, he's a five-year-old. He was always fast. He was fast as a young three-year-old. The trainer is hitting at 28% in the last 90 days. He's uh, 25% this year. I, I don't know what he's doing, but he's, he's, he's better than he used to be. And, um, I think he's a pretty, pretty solid play. The six to one morning line looks a little low to me, but you know, maybe it will be that low, but I think I, I kind of feel good about the play. I just, cause I think, you know, with this uh, giant field, you're going to need a good trip and it doesn't look like there's going to be an insane amount of speed. You think that Lieutenant Dan might run like Forrest Gump in here, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. I, uh, <laughs> you I'm not getting that illusion, but. Yeah, okay. Um, is that from Forrest the movie? Could run, yes, he could run fast. And his, his, his uh, lieutenant in, when he went to Vietnam <laughs> was Lieutenant Dan. Anyway, you, have to, you haven't seen Forrest Gump? I have seen it, but I don't remember it. Okay. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, you know, there's not as much speed as you typically would see in here, um, so not impossible. And I, I like Paul's pick on Emiratiana, although I just am really negative foreign horses at going five furlongs in the U.S. And the fact that Glass Slippers won last year, I think now everyone's going to give the foreign horses more of a chance than they really have. So I. I that's my I'm just biased against them always and this year in particular I think they're going to be underlays um relative to what they should be but I, I won't argue with you that the horse might win and maybe tr if it trips out certainly could um and you know in our preview show I I picked fast boat but that post just kills his chances I think he could have had a big shot in here um, maybe he could still somehow work a trip but uh you know I'm not going to play him from post 11 that that Paul kind of mentioned that. The other horse I was interested in here, not so much from a value standpoint, but just as as a horse that's probably got a really good chance to win, and that's the nine horse Kamari. I've always thought she was better on dirt, but I'm not positive because she doesn't run often enough to really know. Um, she's run well on both surfaces. Uh, I do know that she runs well off the layoff. I do know that Wesley Ward's deadly on turf sprints off the layoff. I know Joel Rosario is probably the best rider in the world on turf sprints around a turn. And she gets in some weight advantage too. Um, I wish that she were in against um, Gamin because I think she could beat Gamin on the dirt. But I think Wesley Ward felt like he, he's better at getting her off the layoff going five furlongs on the turf than seven furlongs on the dirt. And this is definitely a, there's no gamine in here. So I don't know what the price will be on that horse. It's really hard to predict. So I don't think she's great value, but if I had to pick a most likely winner, that would be it. Probably Kamari. Okay. Um, are you, are you guys thinking about playing multis in these races? I mean, who do you include in this race if you're playing multis? I kind of agree with everything that Chris just said. The uh, I don't have any idea why Kamari's in this race. I would have uh, 
I would have picked her in the in the race before it as well in the sprint. I I don't know. I can't understand that move at all. So because I'm so confused by it, I'm just throwing her out. And maybe he knows better than I do. But why he would run that horse in the race when he's got two other ones in it instead of running the other race? It's just a modern day trainer. I don't I don't get any of it. <laughs> so um, I know I had two with one six seven ten eleven written down. I'm, I I definitely agree with with Chris about fast boat. If he had gotten a better draw, I, pro- I would have gone there. That's why I like going in, you know, after his last race, I, that, I'd already decided that's what I was going to like in this, in the, in this race. And then I just, I, I hate the situation he's in, in this race, but sometimes that happens, especially in these Del Mar turf races, you got to be careful about posts. Yeah. The yeah. one horse that, that Paul mentioned that I liked of the foreign horses, I kind of like the six horse, a case of you, um, maybe the best, but the question on that horse is, can it handle firm ground? So again, I'm always leery of these euros has run really well going on soft ground, probably the best of the euros, but on firm ground, who knows? Uh, I'm looking at the sport of Kings odds. It's only, there's only 125 picks for this race, but Lieutenant Dan is the favorite at four to one, which is well, pretty surprising to me. But um, so maybe maybe he won't be the best bet. Uh, for they're Forrest Gump fans. See, <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> there you go. The, the, the Gump angle. Okay, we'll go to the Dirt Mile sixth race. It's um, a mile on the dirt and paul why don't you get us started well this race is a pretty good uh handicapping puzzle i mean I, I just think you have to life is good stayed straight in his last race which is what they were worried about i guess and that's what they concentrated on but in doing so he didn't run as fast as figure and he visually wasn't that impressive though you might get fooled on that because it was such a slow pace, but I just uh, he's gonna have he's gonna have pace uh, pressure here from the Japanese horses. The um, the the one seems to be wildly out 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 of place there. The just Jasper Prince, which uh, but he's fast, and I'm assuming that that he's in for some kind of rabbit uh, for the other one, but. Uh, I guess life is good could stalk him and beat him, but I just think it, it, it's going to it's going to cause uh, it's at least going to cause some kind of trouble for him. So with a, I don't love it, but I'm going with Ginobili off the two races that he ran at Del Mar. He backed up the second one. He paired up with uh, going seven furlongs and and without Lasix. And I'm just going to have faith that he's going to be able to to back it up again. And that race wins. The the, the 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 two figures that he ran at Del Mar, I think will win this race. So, uh, and at the price he's going to be, I think it's worth it to, to go with him. You know, I'm going to get into it a little bit later. Silver State is a is a good price, but uh, Asmussen's going to win one without me. He's on a horrible slump, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about it with Jackie's Warrior. But he, I I can I might go to that direction at a, at a different time, but. For two reasons, he was on Lasix in his last race, and now he's coming off of Lasix, which I'm, I'm not thrilled about. 
and the fact that Asmussen's barn is not doing good. So I'm going to go to Ginobili instead. Okay, Ginobili, monster workout since his last race, 57 and 1. Chris, what do you think? Well, I think life is good as much the best in here if he runs his race. But I have kind of been rethinking whether or not he's going to run his race. Kind of the, you know, the main reason just is this horse has been unsound and he is making his third start off a layoff. And in, uh, and it is the first time he's going around two turns in this form cycle. And sometimes horses that are have physical issues, um, it becomes more pronounced around the turns. It, it puts a little more pressure on different parts of the, the legs. And you know, going around two turns might put extra pressure because this horse does have a tendency to lug out. Um, so I, I am a little bit worried about you know, whether he's going to fire. If he fires, it's over. I do think that that Japanese horse is fast enough to, to put some early pressure on. Um, but, you know, I just think this horse is really good if, it, if he's right. But, um, you know, that's that's an if. And, and he, we do know it can ship west and run well. It started his career out west, so we know it can handle the west coast tracks. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I'm not excited about betting this race because I think Ginobili and Silver State are the two obvious alternatives. And then I don't think they're going to offer a whole lot of value in here. Um, I think, you know, pe people are you know going to include those in most of their tickets. So, again, this is another race, kind of like the Gamin race, that I'm just not real interested in, in betting. Does that mean you have no pick in this race? Uh, oh, I have to make a pick. That's right for the pod. Um, uh, <laughs> okay, I'll I'll just go with um, Silver State then. Um, I think uh, Asmussen. I think he's been cold for the last month, partly because he's really focused on the Breeders' Cup. He's taken taking all his good horses out back a month early to get him acclimated, and I, I'm I I don't think that's a factor. I mean, it sounds like. Um, Paul does, and he might be right, but uh, to me, he's been really focused on on this these two days, and and I think it'll probably pay off for him. Yeah, I'm inclined to think that as well. And um, Silver State, you know, he's he's a great horse. He had a nice winning streak, and then they tried him at going a mile and an eighth against Nick's Go, where you know he finally finally sort of ran out of gas. And this next race at Parks, it says poor start. I looked at it, and he actually bumped into the gate. I, I couldn't tell how badly that affected him, but you never know how much that really affects a horse. So um, so I give him an excuse for, like, spitting it up at the end and letting mind control go by him. I still think he's a good horse. He's got a nice bullet workout at Santa Anita, best out of five coming into this race. Uh, that was October 16th. Um, he's just, you know, I'm, I'm against life is good because I, I think he ran his brains out when he beat Jackie's Warrior, and I think it might have affected him. That's why he regressed in his next race, and he could bounce back and be a superstar, but uh, I'm going to go with the steady silver state. Paul, jump back in. 
I, I, I kind of agree with you that you made a good point about how the nothing's going to be great value <laughs> in this race. The three horses that have probably have a chance to win are going to be the ones being bet. You know, um, I, I don't have. It feels like a lot of steam in. on Ginobili. Well, you know, in the uh, yeah, mile race, the mile race has been in the short history of it. The now horses have won it. You know that the horses who get sharp, like spun the run, um, that that posse, Caleb's posse, I think Shackelford won it one time when he got the the the, uh, the horses that it's kind of it's more of a everyday handicapping race. And again, it's it's one of these things we haven't seen Ginobili since August, but to me, he feels like the now horse. I would agree with that, He's, and uh, yeah, I was really between those two horses. So uh, if I play pick ends, I would use the two of them and be done with it. Yeah, he's definitely the horse for the course. Um, he loves Del Mar. Um, just a couple, just follow-ons to what you said, Scott. First of all, Life is Good did not beat Jackie's Warrior. He ran a great race, but he got beat. Um, <laughs> that was off. The, that was off the layoff. This um, is why I cannot be a television analyst. and and what was what was impressive about life is good in that race is the way in the second quarter of that race he just completely left jackie's warrior in his wake i mean jackie's warriors are really good fast horse and when uh he you know a, a second quarter that he ran was about as impressive as you'll ever see in any race i mean he just looked like a monster um and it wasn't like he was against a bad horse. He was against maybe the best, going to be the Eclipse Award champion sprinter, probably. So that was pretty impressive. The talent's there. Just is that horse healthy? That's the big question. But that was really impressive. I, I His second quarter in that race, if you haven't watched the race, you watch the way he accelerated on that turn. So he can run the turns when he's healthy. We know that. Um, the other comment on Silver State, he didn't really give it up. He just like propped on the rider. I don't know. He got distracted. He wasn't getting tired. He just stopped running for some weird reason right at before the wire in that race. That was kind of weird. I'm not sure what happened, but the horse just kind of like stopped running. Just kind of thought he, the race was over once he got past mind control. So I think it was a little bit of an illusion that he, that he got tired or that mind control came back. That horse just did got goofy at the very end, which is kind of strange for a horse that's, consistently you know run well you know for a good barn for a while but that was kind of strange and i'm not sure what to make of that but i don't think it was him getting tired i think it was getting distracted for for some reason yeah maybe he was uh you know thinking about that but that gate incident like did i really bump that gate (laughs) it hurt it hurt hurt anyway um, I guess we're done with that race, so we'll go to the seventh. It's the Philly and Mayor Turf, a mile and three-eighths. Chris, what are you thinking? Um, well, I, I was touting Love's Only You um, on our preview show, and I still like her. I think she's the most likely winner. And, you know, I'm not sure how they'll bet, but the morning line four to one seems about fairer on her. Um, unless she floats up, she's probably not a great win bet, but I think she's the one to beat. But I do have kind of a long shot after the post draw, and I got to see who was in the race and what the pace was going to be. And 
keeping in mind in these turf races and with the big fields, you know, the trips are really important. Saving ground is really important, especially in this race where they start really close to the first turn and they go around three turns. You know, it can be worth five, six or seven lengths, but, you know, a horse on the rail and a horse that goes three wide. I mean, it's a big difference. And that, I'm, I, this is all leading into the fact, I think the one horse going to Vegas who at first glance just doesn't seem to class up in here might actually be dangerous in this race, draws the rail, looks like lone speed in really good form, has gotten really good here lately, kind of the now horse in, in Paul's nomenclature. Um, and, you know, Rispoli is really good, knows the, the turf course well. If they don't respect this horse, and then you let her kind of get loose and then just, you know, kind of gallop on the front end and on her own pay on her own, you know, favorite rhythm. She might be hard to overhaul in that short stretch at Del Mar and she could be a really big price at post time. So I, I'm kind of interested in going to Vegas, not a horse I was tabbing at all prior to the post draw, but upon second look, that's why you always want to keep an open mind in these races. I think, you know, maybe she's not good enough. Maybe she'll get run down by these classier mares, but she might hold on or at least for a piece, but who knows? She might even win it all. So I, I'm kind of interested in her from a value standpoint. Um, I think it's a legit pick. She's got three wins in a row, including a grade one. Um, yeah, definitely uh, has a shot. Paul, what do you think? Well, off a of form, uh, I, I like Chris's original pick. It's kind of a mismatch, I think. I mean, Love's You Only You got beat half a length of Mishriff at my at, at my Dan in Hong Kong in March. Beat one of the favorites in the in the Breeders' Cup turf in that race, uh, Walton Street. Then went to Hong Kong, beat all their best older horses, and did it without a trip too. I watched that again this morning. I I kind of remember that, and. Uh, Then, then has one had one race since that I don't know much about. I couldn't find that that replay, but uh, I mean those two races that that she ran earlier in the year. I mean I, I just warn everybody: don't sleep on these Japanese horses because they haven't done good in the in the Breeders' Cup yet. I mean it's not even arguably anymore. They they pretty much have the best horses in the world. They're the best bred horses. They win when they go everywhere, and it's. It's going to be just a matter of time before they start winning the Breeders' Cup races, um, and I, I don't. This this one seems like it's found the right spot to me. I, I don't. The horses she's been running against would be three to five in this race. So, as long as she can ship over and bring her game, seems to me like uh, she's going to win it. Uh, you know, one thing I, I was going to mention that uh, I didn't think on Longchamp Day that the inside was that good. And Ayadera was uh, kind of from the inside in that in that in the in the, uh, the race she ran. Um, actually, thought she she might have won that race, so she was rounding back into form. But then she she got post twelve, and my guess is with these foreign. Their their solution to post twelve usually is to to go back and ride cold and that and like Chris mentioned there's not a lot of pace here I think that the trip and circumstances will probably work against her so so pretty much have to go against her 
But I just I think Love's Only You's got him over a barrel. All right. Well, I I think you guys may be underestimating Warlike Goddess. I mean, she's six for seven on the turf. She's three for three at the distance. She's just a machine. She is a warlike goddess. Um, I have a hard time going against her. Now, on the figures, yeah, um, Loves Only You looks just as fast, but they're just figures. I mean, um, ultimately, when it comes down to the track, Warlike Goddess, just the, the, her only loss was like her shortest race, a mile and three sixteenths on the turf. Um, and thanks to Odaria and Loves Only You, she might get 7-2 to two on Warlike Goddess. So I think it's an opportunity. Well, Love, too, is going to take money. Um, uh, you know, the one thing I'll say, though, is Chad Brown's older mares, and, you know, he's had a down year this year. He just really hasn't had the quality that he's had since I can remember. So I don't know. Warlike Goddess really hasn't had to face much. And so I think, you know, the kind of horses that this is where I'm totally with Paul. I agree with everything you said about Love's Only You. She's been running against horses that would just be bet down off the board in this race if they were going, if they were in this race. I mean, she's been running against the best boys and at the tracks where they have the best, you know, some of the, the best horse in the world, you know, in Dubai and Hong Kong for the turf. So to me, she just kind of uh, really does stand out. I'm just not sure about the price, but there might be enough in here where you do get, you know, she stays at four to one or higher. So it's really good. And I do think the Japanese really want to win a race. And that's why they're in this. They want to win a BC race. And that's why they're in this race and not the, the, the turf. Um, they really want to get that, that win. So, um, I, I agree with everything that Paul said about Love's Only You. Okay, I know that Duke, well, uh, my brother Duke uh, likes Warlike Goddess, uh, Scott, to go along with you. Uh, he, he, he's he been very impressed with her all summer, but I, I'm kind of in the Christmas camp. I'm not sure who she's beaten yet. This is a, this is a big test for her. Right? And I, I'm not against her per se as far as a horse. I think she's been, I think she's been impressive, but it's just, I'm not, I'm not sold that she's this good you know, on a world stage. Well, we'll, we'll find out, you know, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, uh, I just remember when, on August 7th when she was four to five and I was in a contest, I, I, I wished that I had put it all in on her cause I figured four to five was a, was a great deal. And she won by three and a quarter lengths. Um, but we'll see. And that's why this is going to be the greatest day of racing. I'll mention one a long shot, uh, real quick. Uh, that uh, that on, in other years I might be interested in uh, Akinella, which is the Judmont uh, three-year-old filly that appears to be too cheap. Uh, in all her races that I watched, I think that she will like American racing. Um, this is a huge step up for her, um, but I think it's pretty interesting that they're they're coming here for that race too. Uh, Judmont doesn't run just to run. They're not here just to be a participant. They already had uh, the Chad Brown horse in the race, who, who could, who's definitely pro- will get in probably. We'll have a chance, especially from her post. But uh, Akinella might be a real long shot to throw in because I, 
my guess is she's going to outrun her odds. Yeah, morning line of 12 to 1, but I would think she'd be higher than that. Yeah, she's going to go higher, I think. Yeah. And for the record, let's see uh, <clears throat> where she's sitting at on Sporter Kings 34 to 1. Yeah, and Warlike Goddess is 7 to 1. Love is 3 to 1. And Love's Only You is 7 to 2. Next up is the sprint, six furlongs on the dirt. And I think it's Paul's turn to get us started. Okay, so I know this race looks like it's a layup, but I'm going to give you the reasons why you can, why you can bet against Jackie's Warrior. The, the first one, I'm going to go in probably in, in order of importance, too. I, I, I think she likes Saratoga. That's one. I think her best races are Saratoga. If you take out her Saratoga races, her form's a little less impressive. Two, the the race that she, uh, the race that he came out of in the Parks race was the competition was terrible. And just to give an example, the horse who ran second um, went and ran a Keeneland and got dusted by by all those horses. And he actually even had a little bit of an excuse in the Jackie's Warrior race, and he didn't he didn't do anything. Um, three, we already mentioned a little bit about the Asmussen uh, slump. I've, I've never seen him in the, the slump that he's been in, and it's pretty much been everywhere. He's done a, okay at Belmont, but Belmont with the Toby Sheets and that whole thing, that's a little bit kind of like a subdivision of Asmussen. It's not really the same. So I kind of don't – they don't seem to go and flow with the rest of the Asmussen barn. It, Chris's point is, is well taken that maybe because they're – Point for these races at Saratoga, and I know Scott Scott Blasi's been out in California a lot, but I want to see it. They're going to have it on me, and if he's not doing good as the day goes on, I think it'll be more of a chance to, you know, we'll see if that Echo Zulu does poorly on uh, on Friday. And lastly, and probably most importantly, the the one thing that I think there's a misnomer about Jackie's Warrior is Jackie's Warrior is not a rocket ship from the gate. This idea that uh, that he's some he's some rocket ship um, is not true. In fact, most of the time he hasn't even run six furlong races. Um, so he's either going to have to he's either going to be outrun early, or he's going to be out of his element a little bit and run much faster than he's ever run in the first quarter of a mile. And neither way, I really particularly like that scenario. That if he's behind Matera Sky in behind horses at Del Mar, I don't like that spot. And if he gets caught. Preston maybe between following C and Matera Sky. Uh, I'm not sure that's going to be the greatest position for him either. So there's there's a lot of things I think that are working against him in this in this race. So is it a, a race where you want to bet 10,000 against him? I don't think it's that much strong of an opinion, but I think there are reasons. The two the two long shots I'm going to play for sure. I don't know how I'm going to play the race exactly, but I like Aloha West, who's the improving horse. Who ran really well in the in the race that against Special Reserve last time, and at the end of, after that race, I thought that he was better than Special Reserve, and he's getting better, and they're very confident bringing the horse here. I think it's a, it's a, they have a lot of confidence in the horse, and he, he's he is destined to get a good trip. The other horse, I don't know if he's going to get a good trip, and he's more of a flyer horse, is Lexitonian. Um, he's bad in the gate, and horses that are bad in the gate are hard to figure. And uh, but the one thing about Lexitonian, he's run some huge races that are 
In, in fact, they stack up with Jackie's Warriors figure. The, the race he ran at Saratoga, I don't know where exactly it came from, but he did break good that day. And the race he ran at Delmar last year, after scratching on the track five days before at Saratoga, he flew across the country and ran this huge race at Delmar that day, coming from behind and just f- absolutely flying. Um, I don't know exactly where they're going to place him, and hopefully he breaks. But I think he's a he's a long shot too. He's less reliable, but you know you're going to get paid probably. Lexitoni and a horse I picked at forty three to one and thirty four to one. Luckily, he won that thirty four to one race. I'm having a hard time getting on board this time. Chris, what did you think? Well, I, I, I like some of the reasoning that Paul has with Jackie's Warrior. The, the main point, I think the biggest negative for him is he's not a good gate horse. He typically doesn't break. He's definitely not trained by Wesley Ward, put it that way. So, <laughs> and Matera Sky is as quick as they come. You know, that horse will be on the lead. So he's not going to get away with an easy lead. And if he breaks slow, he could get pinched off. Um, uh, and which could be a disaster for him. Um, so, you know, to me, that's the nightmare scenario for Jackie's Warriors. He kind of has his typical slow break. Matera Sky pops the gate and and goes to the rail, and, and Jackie's Warrior gets shuffled back. Does that mean he can't win? Nah, if he runs his race, he might still win. But, I mean, that would definitely make it pretty interesting for the rest of the race. Um, so... You know, if I'm trying to pick at Jackie's Warrior, that's that's the scenario where I think things could go south. A slow break, Matera Sky cuts cuts him off early, and you know anything could happen after that. Um, so if I were going to bet this race, that's the way I would bet it. And you know, my first pick would be CZ Rocket. Um, we talked to Duke about this. He thought the the track was you know speed inside extreme speed inside favoring his last race and he he definitely didn't have the track playing in his favor in that race he kind of went off form after trying to go a mile at Lone Star but he seems to be rounding back into form he's been working pretty well and um uh it's Peter Miller and the sprint in California so I, I think there's a lot of pluses there and I agree Aloha West is sort of that other improving horse Wayne Catalano can train you know he's He's not big on the national scene, but the guy's won a lot of races and he knows what he's doing and he's won Breeders' Cup races before. So, you know, those two and they those two would should take advantage of, if, you know, this should be a very hot pace um, with Matera Sky and Jackie's Warrior and following C drawing the, the rail and you got special reserve on the outside. I mean, they're going to be cooking up front and that should give a setup to CC Rock and Aloha West that they would need if they're good enough. And if Jackie's Warrior, you know, doesn't doesn't fire his best or you know or that, you know, worst case trip scenario plays out, they could pull an upset in here. So that's kind of the way I'm thinking. Sort a lot like Paul, but he didn't mention CC Rocket, so I don't know what he thinks of that horse. Well before uh, before we hear Paul, um, uh, some opinion on CZ Rocket, I'll echo everything that Chris said. Uh, this is the horse that I, I picked in his last race, and he just, you know, he just wasn't good enough. 
Dr. Scheivel, according to Duke, uh, ran on an iron gold rail um, and looked impressive doing it, but that's what happens when they get that rail. So, um, so yeah, I, I like him and uh, 12 to 1, Pete Miller on a, on a California sprint for sure. Um, I also – I keep on eyeballing special reserve. I haven't watched this last race, so I'm not sure how good it was, but his numbers are continually getting better and it looks like he could pop a big one. So I, I would probably include special reserve as well. Paul, anything else you have to add? Yeah. You know, the, the race at Santa Anita that, that you're, you're, you're talking me into using CC Rocket a little bit more than I was going to. I, I, I definitely the track was inside that day, and CC Rocket was against it for sure. I, I'm a little skeptical because I haven't seen his A game since the since he's come off Lasix. He hasn't he uh, he he hasn't gotten there completely. But I, your point is well taken that he's he's got to get a good setup in here regardless of how it goes. You know, on Doctor Shivel. I'm kind of like torn, even though he was with the track that day. And, you know, my brother Duke will sometimes just automatically be against every horse that, that's with it. He's a little bit of a difference in circumstance. Um, he had that broken equipment. I don't know if you if you watched that race where the rain broke and um, Pratt didn't even really have, have any control of the horse. And uh, he just let him run off and win on the rail. But so he was with it, but he had he had problems, even though he won the race. And this scenario could play out pretty good for him if Lexitonian breaks bad, and they hook up like you think they seem like you seem to think that Jackie's Warrior is going to go. Uh, following C has to go from post one. I, I can't see I can't see how they can rate. Um, he could be stalking the, the three speeds, which is really a, a good spot at. Uh, in, in California. So I'm not totally against Dr. Shival either. Um, even though he was with it last time. So I'm not, like I said before earlier, I'm not sure exactly, uh, how I'm going to play it, but I just know I'm going to play something against Jackie's warrior with, with probably those four horses that we've talked about. Um, for the pot, I'll, I'll, I'll put Aloha West as the pick, but I, at this point, I'm not exactly sure which direction I'm going to go. If the track is playing in a, in, in an outside manner, which it did last time they had the race, they had it at Del Mar. Um, then, then Dr. Scheibel definitely comes, becomes more of a factor. Well, given that it's the eighth race, the tide should be about halfway. <laughs> it should be an even track. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else on this one, Chris? Uh, no, I, I agree. If, if Dr. Scheibel, they try to rate him, <clears throat> which I think is always their plan. They just weren't able to rate him last time because the rain broke. I think that was accidentally on the lead where it, it turned out to be perfect given the way things um, unfolded. You know, that's not his normal running style, and I don't think they're going to try to go for the lead here. So I kind of agree that one um, is probably um, one you'd want to include, especially if the the track isn't you know favoring inside speed and or if it's either neutral or favoring the outside so you know that's another one i think the three horses that would 
benefit from this likely race shape are going to be the you know CZ Rocket, the three, five Aloha West, and nine Dr. Shibble. The ninth is the Breeders' Cup Mile, a mile on turf. And Chris, why don't you get us started? Well, in the previous show, I, I liked three horses, one a lot, um, and that one was Master of the Seas. Um, and he, of the three I liked, he's the only one that got a good post. I, I, some people say the one's a bad post. Uh, I, I don't agree with that on, on a the mile on the turf. I mean, it can be bad, I guess, but if you break bad in this race from any post, it's bad. And, you know, I, I just want to uh, hope the horse gets a, a decent uh, break. And uh, I just love it when they can save ground all the way around. And these European riders, you know, they, they know how to, how to save ground and how to find a seam. And, and this horse, even though Appleby is talking up his, his other horse, the, the three horse space blues, um, I, I understand why I, you know, I, I think master sees is much better and his races early in the year were really good. And if he's developed from kind of normal development from back in the spring of a three-year-old to now, he definitely capable of winning this race. It's third off the layoff. His last race was on kind of soft going. And I think he much prefers to firm going, which is one of the reasons why they brought him out here. I'm sure. Uh, he gets a weight break. Not only is he going to save ground, he's going to get some weight off. That's, you know, between the weight and the ground, you know, saving ground is worth several links in this field. And um, his last, his race before that was off the layoff, first of all. And um, second of all, he didn't have the greatest of trips in that race. So, um, you know, third off the layoff in the form cycle for the trainer who's just been lights out with all his American you know, ship, everything he ships to North America just runs. Uh, he's got two in here, and the other one's getting all the buzz. So he, from a value standpoint, you're going to get a price on him, probably higher than he should be. Just to me, a lot of reasons to like the number one master of the seas. So he's definitely my pick in here. All right. Well, you've made a strong case for him, and I will include... Paul, what did you think here? Admittedly, this is the race I probably have done the, the least work on. Uh, though I did watch uh, the, the foreign horses run. Um, I just haven't given a lot of thought. But I don't really like any of the American horses. I, I will give you one exception that I do. Of all the American horses, I like hit the road. I thought I think he uh, he was the best horse in that last race. Now, one thing I'm a little worried about is the Mo Furza race at Santa Anita did not come up fast, even though it's 132 and changed. Uh, there was a allowance race that went faster on the card. So that scares me a little bit about him. Uh, my, my just gut feeling is that the American horses aren't, aren't as good. Um, I watched space blues races and he's by far the most talented horse. If he gets a good trip, I think he's going to win, but that's an if, you know, that he's going to have to, sit in and uh he's definitely got a huge turn of foot and uh huge quicken and um like uh chris said the appleby horses have all fired so i don't expect him not to in fact the race that he won two ago they all tried to get to the outside rail and it was, it was the the rail was washed out and he was kind of towards the inside and he still won that's how uh that's how good he was that that day so uh, it, he he definitely came back and 
and back that up. Um, the Japanese horse ran in, at, at might end. The only thing, he got a pretty good trip when he ran that day against Lord North at uh, on Dubai World Cup Day. He, he's a world-class miler, that Vindegaard. And the trainer of that horse has had a lot of success when he's shipped to Hong Kong. It's not some of these guys that have that I don't know much about that are seem to be second rate guys who come over for these uh for the triple crown races. So I, I wouldn't sleep on, on that one either, that Japanese horse either. He's uh he's a real horse and I think a mile and eighth is probably a little too far for him. So a mile at on Delmar is probably probably hit him right between the eyes. So I um I, I did know that, that Mother Earth and has no speed, so he's going to have to come from last. And Pearls Galore got a pretty bad post um, as far as the other foreign horses. But I don't know. Somehow one, three, five, and eight somehow would be probably the four I would consider. Yeah, I had Vindegard. I I had I had him as a use under question mark. He looked like a good under horse. Um. I ended out, I was liking Ivar <clears throat> in the pre-show. I really love the way he's coming up to this race, and I think he'll still run well, and it's possible he'll win it, but it is kind of hard to take him on top, coming from far back from the 14 hole. I mean, that's just that's just a wishful thinking. But he will be in any pick ends that I have, and I will use him in exotics, uh, verticals. The horse that uh, interests me based on the post position is, believe it or not, Raging Bull, who is one for one at Del Mar. He's got a good post. He's circling back to his best race. Three races ago, he was bumped, then flummoxed in traffic, and he still almost caught Alexandra, who had a clear trip. Then he threw in an off race. And in the Woodbine Mile, he was, according to Chad Brown, spinning his wheels. And it did kind of look like that. And it didn't look like he was doing anything, but somehow he still managed to get up for third. Now he's the forgotten horse. He gets Irad. Irad's familiar with him. Uh, Irad's can go off at a price, as did, you know, like as an example was Whitmore last year at 17 to 1. So I think today's the day to finally bet Raging Bull. And, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if afterwards people are saying raging bull at 15 to one. Why didn't I bet that? Well, you might, you might be able to get, I read and Chad Brown at a price there. Um, I'm kind of with Paul and uh, really on this one, I think it's the euros. It's kind of Applebee's race to, to lose with the, I think he's got the two best horses. They both drew well. You know, they need racing luck, but probably one of them is going to get a trip. Um, and whoever gets the best trip out of those two will win. I think Master C is a much better price. Um, I And I think he actually has as much talent as Space Blues. Um, I just think the last two races, he hasn't been able to display it. But if you go back to his spring races, where, like, he – I thought he beat quite a flare. Um he he lost, but if you watch the race, it looked like he won, but he lost supposedly by a nose. That poetic flair would be the favorite in here if it was going. And um, his race before that race, he had a, a all kinds of trouble and ended up, you know, overcoming it all and winning big. So I think this horse has a lot of talent. Um, 
So I do think it's the foreign horses, and I totally agree with uh, the U.S. horses. Hit the road is the one I'm interested in. I it cost me a lot of money. That Juro was like the worst ride I've seen all year in a big race. I mean, he made like not one mistake. He made three or four bad decisions in one race and still got beat like a neck for the win. Um, that was just a miserable trip for that horse. Um, and they took him off, not surprisingly. And I don't, Johnny Velasquez, not my favorite rider on a big field from the eight post. That's my big concern with him. That's why I kind of faded him a little bit. But of the U.S. horses, that's the one I would use. So for me, it's really the one, the three, hit the road. And I, I, I'm going to look again at that, that Vendegaard, um, that you make a good case for that one. Paul, and that one might be worth including. I uh, do have a question for you guys on Mo Forza, who's got a pretty stellar record. Um, Paul, you said one of those races came up kind of slow, but on the figures that I'm looking at, he kind of looks like the most likely winner. Well, it, oh, he, he ran fast before, but his last two races aren't fast. They, if, if somebody's got him fast, they projected him up. They've they finagled turf race figures if they've if they've done it that way. Um, I, I I did see the thoroughgraph and I know they did and I um, I don't agree with them. I don't know how you know that's not figures when you're when you're taking a when the allowance race goes faster at the same distance. You know and to Chris's point, I mean if you're gonna go if if you believe in that race and it's fast, then you gotta like hit the road. I mean. <laughs> I mean, hit the road was better than Mo Fours the last time, and he, he, he if, if you believe that race was fast and he got in trouble, I, I actually am in, in the camp of I'm not sure hit the road is fast enough <laughs> because that race was slow and he got in all kinds of trouble and it was kind of one of those things. So um, that's where I'm not sold on it. I, the, the, the one the, your Chris has actually talked me into the other horse there, the the other Applebee. I always uh, am intrigued why Appleby would bring both horses. You know, if 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 he was that sold on Space Blues, why is he bringing the other one? He must uh, he must have a few reasons. This guy has made every right move pretty much his whole life, but definitely this year. So to come here and then draw post one in the in the in the mile at Delmar, and he's well meant, and if he's going to be the price that he's uh, on the morning line. I, I'm definitely going to give him another look at some of those other races to see if he was. Uh, yeah, you know, watch his races in the spring and the co- the competition. Like I said Poetic Flair probably would be the favorite in here. I think probably a strong favorite if it was in. And I do think this is a horse they know will like the firm ground, which is I think is a big part of the smarter Euros um, when they run in California. They they lick their chops when they have these horses they think like firm ground and haven't been getting it back home. Those are the ones that they bring over. They're pretty sharp on that too. They 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 can they can figure that out. You know that probably they don't get to like you say they don't get to see it as much over there. But they but they're they're not usually wrong on those. If they think they like the firm ground, they they usually do. Okay, the mile. Uh, if I'm playing pick ends, I'm going pretty deep in this one. I, I just think it's too hard. You know, Raging Bull's got figures, like you said, that can win going back, back figures. But he's 
his last two races are so bad to me. I, you know, the excuse that Chad said that he's spinning his wheels, that doesn't, that doesn't fly, especially when the race before it wasn't any good either. You know, I might give him one, but to bet a horse off two bad trips, he is going to, he is probably going to get a good trip with Irad from the inside. But how about I, that third, third race back? Um, did that come yeah. up good numbers for you? Yeah. The, yeah. The, his form is, is, is right in the game up until his last two, you know, but that's, that's usually not a Chad thing where the horses, you know, go off for him and then come back quickly. I mean, if he gives him a year off, maybe, <laughs> but not, not usually in a, in a month later, but I am going to look yeah, at that and he, more too. Well, and Chad Brown has been absolutely on fire lately. So yeah. when this horse is one of the few horses in his barn that's not firing. That's not a good sign because he's been lights out with just about everything in the last month. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to give him a pass on those two races to me. It's interesting that he chose this race for Raging Bull rather than, say, the Maker's Mark Mile or whatever they call that mile race at at Keeneland now. Right. Um. Well, hey, uh, at least it is Raging Bull at a price. I'll, I'll I'll always be able to say that whether he wins or loses. I will say this, too, and I. He's working with domestic spending. I do know that his uh, his workouts leading into it. That's the two he matched up. He matched Raging Bull with domestic spending, so he hasn't really lost faith in him. Yeah, well, and it's I read and and Chad, so that's a pretty yeah. good combination too. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, I'm sort of I'm reloading the DRF workout reports periodically to see if you know the Saturday pops up. The Friday is already there, so. Um, if it happens, I'll, I'll let you know. We'll take a peek to see a couple of horses. All right. So we'll move then to the 10th race. It's the distaff a mile and eighth on dirt. And Paul, what are you thinking here? Well, this is the best betting race. I think of the day. I mean, this is a real race. I mean, you could make a case probably for all 11 horses, uh, maybe not blue stripe. I don't know much about that one, but, uh, it, uh, it's a great, it's, this is a breeders cup race. You know, and if Latruska wins, she deserves it. I, I you know, I'm I'm kind of on this bandwagon of betting against all these favorites, uh, which realistically probably all of them can't lose. But I, I just think you have to bet against her because of the, the the pace scenario in here. I don't like for her. I think it's got to get turned up way more than she's accustomed to. And if if I'm Brad Cox in this group, it's she she dares the devil. And the time we beat Latruska, we got ahead of her. I mean, I got to be thinking about that at least, you know, in, in this, in this event, I, I wouldn't talk anybody off anybody. You know, I'm kind of married to Royal flag. I, I've been very, I've been really impressed with her uh, last three races. And I, I just think she keeps getting better and she stepped up every time. And it's kind of one of these things where I've already decided that I'm, I'm going to key Royal flag, but, I can see lots of lots of different possibilities, and I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say. Okay, Royal Flag coming off um, kind of a big top, at least on Thoroughgraph. Chris, what did you think? Uh, I This will be short. I totally agree with everything that Paul said. That's pretty much what I said in our preview show, uh, you know, with private mission on the rail and she dares the devil on the outside neurologist on the out both outside of Latruska. Uh, I don't see how she gets a favorable trip 
she doesn't lay over this field from a figure standpoint by any any stretch. Um, the race shape doesn't fit her, and Royal Flag only got beat half a length to her in a race where she had everything her own way on a track that was, you know, favoring speed. So I think she could easily turn the tables on her. Um, she drew a good inside post, gets Joel Rosario. Um, he's two for four with her. Um, and the only times he's lost, it's been that half length loss and, and by a head in another race. So uh, I, I really think a Royal flag is, is the play. You might get some value because they're going to bet Latruska. They're going to bet she dares the devil. They're going to bet Malathot who also has a good shot in here. So to me, Royal flag is, is the play for sure. Okay. Uh, well, I'm going to. Gonna throw out my super long shot out of the uh, out of the clouds horse, and that is as time goes by. By at at this point, if Gamine's lost, as time go by, as time goes by, will be like fifty to one. Um, she is circling back to her best race. Her best race could win this race, and um, her last race was a solid return to. Um, well, just based on the, the, the way I look at the figures, her, her last race was the beginning of the circle back to, um, it was sort of the last leg of the circle back to her top race. So she's, uh, she's also a big horse and I think she'll, uh, she'll like that extra 16th. And, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. There's going to be a scrap up front and, uh, that could set it up even better for her. Yeah, that's a, thought, the Baffert horse you, you'll get a price on. I so. thought as time goes by, it was a good bomb, uh, uh, um, especially if, if at the, as Bat, like you said, if Baffert uh, is doing okay by then. Um, I'm not a, uh, you know, she's got that one big figure, <laughs> where that one big race, if she that that can win it. Which uh, which get, race do you have as her big number? Uh, back uh, in April, the Santa Margarita. She did okay. get the lead in it, unfortunately. But uh, I'm again, I'm not a big jockey fan, but I, jockey switch guy. But I, I, I do think that Saez might fit her. She's a type of horse that, who, to me, has lost interest. And the, the and a, a guy like Saez that keeps keeps her busy. I, I'm not sure she. Again, I'm not sure she's going to win. But I think she's a she's a good bomb in, in the race. Though I, again, I wouldn't talk. Like I said earlier, I wouldn't talk anybody off anything they. That they that they like and hear it, you know. Malathot, we're going to get into this probably a little bit later, but the three-year-olds like in everything have done really well against the olders this fall. Pretty much better than they've than they've done, um, than they do in general. And you know, this is a horse that I wouldn't mind taking a chance with if I knew a little bit more about her. This is the modern-day racing argument again. You know, you, you just don't know anything about her since August. You know, that race isn't going to win. She's going to have to run better than that. But I think it's possible that she will run better, you know. So, you know, that's the modern-day handicap and where you just have to guess. Probably there's not enough value in there to guess on her to me. That's just my thought process on it. That when when it turns into a guessing game, I, I want to have more – I want to have more substance. I know with my eyes what I've seen with Royal Flag. I – you know, with her races, her last three races, but the, uh, you know, with Malthot, we don't have, we don't have anything to really to go by in the last few months. You know, it's more, it's more potential than, 
than substance. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I, <clears throat> tough, but I mean, she has she has fired off a layoff. She's she's done pretty well off the layoff before. So, oh, it won't be shocking. It will, it will not be shocking if she. In fact, if somebody dominates this race, that would be the the one that I would. If, if you were going to say somebody's going to put a dominating performance out of this race, it'd probably be, be my guess would have been Malathot. So it's interesting. Her second race back you know, after a layoff is always better than her layoff race. So maybe that is uh, a negative for her, you know, having over two months off coming into this race. Yeah, I, I think she could improve enough to win and get a good trip. It's just I don't think there'll be a lot of value there. Right. So I don't, that's why, you know, to me, Royal Flag is just as likely, I'd say more likely to win and uh, be a better price. So it's not too hard for me to figure out who I want to focus on. But certainly if I'm playing, uh, you know, some other than, than a win bet in this race, I will probably be, you know, making Malathot, you know, including that. I do have one, you know, if we're going to pick a bomb, to me, the one you go with is the four blue stripe. Um, (laughs) partly because, you know, there's a lot of, you you don't know that much about the horse, but it does seem like it has some talent and, um, uh, you know, it's been, uh, it's got some local works and, and I don't know. I mean, the horse, uh, it's dirt form is really strong. I don't think it's ever lost on the dirt and on the turf, it had some losses, but you know, this horse is got you know, got some talent it's just hard to tell how it would stack up but i mean it wouldn't shock me if that horse runs well in here i wouldn't bet it to win but it might you know get a piece in a race where it could melt down up front so uh, that's just one you might toss in underneath that's I, all i, I do know right? a little bit about the japanese horse um you know japanese has dirt races that go the wrong way too and Definitely all all of her left-handed races are better. She doesn't have any speed either. She likes to come from way out of it. And the races that she won at uh, Kawasaki there, that, that's like a bull ring. And so she handles the turns. And she's got a – she comes from behind, and she's got like kind of a quickness uh, turn to her. I just – I don't get the feeling she's up to this level, you know, that, that, that she's going to have to run it in, in this race. But um, – she might, I mean, as far as a wild card, maybe even to, to come running at the end if it did fall, fall apart, you know. You know, she's near the devil's race at Del Mar was really good. She's she's kind of a funny one, too. She she won her last race at, at Churchill, which was a slow pace and didn't run a very good figure, but she did win it. <laughs> I mean, this, this is modern-day racing completely. She has slow pace figures when she won on the lead at Churchill, the Delmar race, she has fast pace figures <laughs> and ran hard the whole way and was game as can be. She's she's a funny horse too. She kind of she kind of runs to to her what she's running against. She's a she's a tricky one and she doesn't need the lead. She actually stalked a mean and beat her in the in the Oaks and and held off uh, you know Swiss Skydiver when she was good. So uh, I I wouldn't just totally count her out that the Trusca is going to bury her. I I, I don't. I don't feel like that's uh, the case with her either. So it's a it's a very very difficult ra- a great race actually a great handicapping race. Yeah, yeah my this- concern with her more is she gets carried wide on that first turn. Um, Giroux is going to have to 
give her a good ride. We'll move then to the 11th. It's the turf, mile and a half on turf. And Chris, what you thinking? Well, I think, you know, clearly domestic spending is the best U.S. horse. Chad Brown seems pretty confident in this horse. Um, hasn't been the distance, but bricks and mortar was kind of the same boat. Um, so of the U.S. horses, he drew a good, he drew a really good post. Um, the foreign horses, Tarnawa is really good. He didn't draw a good post. Um, so between those two, I might kind of lean towards domestic spending. They do seem to be the two that are going to probably battle it out. There are a couple of, of interesting possible long shots, but um, I'll, I'll just kind of go with, I'm leaning a little bit towards uh, domestic spending as the winner. I don't know if he's value as a win play, um, but to me, you know, this will be more of a watch than a bet race for me. Um, I'll be interested to hear what you guys have to say. I do have a couple long shots I, I might be interested in as well. Okay. Um, so domestic spending. Getting a little chalky on us, but you, you may have to bet this race since you'll be in the Breeders' Cup betting challenge. So you may have to put a lot of money on it. Paul, what are you thinking? Well, I don't think the race is that deep. And I think that with Tri Behooven in there, I'm guessing he's he's entering more as a as a rabbit. So he he he's a funny horse. He he, he does get tough when he's on the lead, but um, so <laughs> there's some kind of interesting things that, you know just things to bring out. Walton Street ran a, this huge figure in, and it's huge on everything. This time is fast at Woodbine, and it's Appleby and and uh, you know if you if you're going off that well he. He just came over here and ran ran big, and he could back it up and win. The problem with him is he's a European horse who ran with Lasix <laughs> in his last race. He's off Lasix, and he's kind of a horse to me when I watched the, the races in um, Dubai that he would benefit from Lasix. So it's not all that surprising. So now he's going off. But if he can repeat that race, uh, he, he's probably the he's probably going to win. Not probably. He's going to win. I think he's, he's better – that race there will beat domestic spending in, in Tanawa. Um, and and T Tanawa, I mean, you can't, you can't be against her. I mean, she runs all the time. She's mile and a half at, in America is going to be up a rally. She was on the inside in that, in the arc. She was weaving on the inside. She should have won actually. Um, of all the horses that won last year, she's got the best form this, this season. She's come back and backed it up and she's, She's arguably better this year than she was last year. So, um, again, I'm not against her. But, you know, this is a this is a bomb podcast most of the time. So, I'm going to go maybe with a different, maybe the only other contender I'd see is, and that's Yabir, the horse who won the three-year-old race at Belmont. He he ran really really well in that race with no trip at all, and it's a three-year-old getting good right now. And I know it's on turf and it's a little different, but the three-year-olds seem to be doing good everywhere. Even this, uh, you know, e even over there, the, the, a three-year-old um, that actually won at Saratoga, that was a European base, won, won one of the, basically the Breeders' Cup turf in Australia. So 
even though the figures are lower, I think maybe the class is not as bad as uh, it's just more of a development thing. And I, I just really was impressed visually with the beer. So I'm kind of like throwing the, the figures out the window and just saying, and he's going to be the price of all the ones that I think are the contenders. You know, I think the other, the other three contenders will probably be uh, the three favorites. So. And just to be clear, when you say no trip, you mean like no good trip? Yeah, he won without a trip. You know, he was sitting back wide and and moved at the wrong time and just circled around the field like like they were standing still and drew off. And I, I, I don't think he got no setup at all. He got no position, no help, no help with the pace. He did it all on his own and just moved at the wrong time and still won. All right, Yabir, I'll definitely uh, consider him, consider adding him to my uh, growing pick five ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this race was really, really tough. I mean, if Tarnawa had gotten an inside post, it would probably be pretty easy to pick. Um, just looking at the figures, putting aside the observation of the Lasix, um, I. I kind of like Walton Street. I, you know, he, he, he ran that race. He was four to five. It was a small field. It was an easy win for him. But it seems to me like he's just going to get. He's going to get a great trip here. He's he won't be too far out of it. He'll be behind acclimate. You know, he'll he's he'll get a good trip. He he won't be more than too wide. Um. I don't have a ton of conviction. It's not like I'm waiting for Walton Street to pound, but he's the one that I think is, you know, just from a trip standpoint, a combination of trip and figure standpoint, he seems like the most likely winner to me. And he's five for 13 of the distance. That doesn't hurt. I think it's kind of funny because when he ran at Woodbine, I thought he just towered over the field. <laughs> you didn't like him. Now you're picking him in the Breeders' Cup turf. So <laughs> I think that's pretty funny. Well, you know, I, yeah, I, I tried to be a contrarian. Okay. That's uh, good. Um, <laughs> uh, and, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm looking for prices, right? I, I'm trying to beat him. I okay. was trying to beat him. Yeah. Well, that was just seemed like a day where it was tough. Anyway, um, and, you know, Applebee's so good. You know, you guys are on talking about your beer and Walton Street. So I I wouldn't talk anybody out of an Applebee horse in in the Breeders' Cup this year. I I kind of like another three-year-old that'll be a price, and that is um, for my long shot, and that's the nine Sisfahan, who. It's a German horse, so you you know kind of discount a little bit, but it actually has some pretty good form, where it ran against a pretty nice second to a horse and ended up winning the arc, so that was probably better than your typical German three-year-old stakes race. And um, the horse definitely you know can handle the distance, get some weight off. Well, it'll need some racing luck and stuff, but to me that's one where it, there's some upside. Horse is pretty lightly raced. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think you could do worse with a long shot than that number nine, Sisfahan. What do you guys think about Gufo? Well, he had a terrible trip last time. 
you know, he, he put blinkers on and he ran those two good races. And uh, the, his last race, he's got plenty of excuses to. For, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. If you if you do like him, throw out his last race. It's not. And if you think that the blinkers made him good enough to to reverse on domestic spending and get into this kind of level, you know, maybe. I I don't think he's quite good enough when it's all said and done. I think he's probably still even even with the improvement, he's a. Uh, He's a notch below the uh, the four main contenders. That you know, the the German horse is a little bit interesting. I, maybe has a real long shot. So my guess is he's probably not good enough either. I, I think these four horses probably just stand out, stand above the other ones. Yeah, Charlie Appleby could dominate the turf racing <laughs> in this Breeders' Cup. We'll see. That would be very formful. But- Right, he's dominated pretty yeah. much American racing from Europe all year. But. I mean, this is his his worst shot. I'm not counting the sprint, but you know, in the uh, the juvenile and the mile, and in uh, he's got really strong hand, and um, you know, he's got a a decent shot in here. I I think he's got the, the you know, they're notch below the top two probably. Although Walton Street, like you said, if he can reproduce his form. Last time he shipped over, he certainly could win. And with Tarnawa drawing that outside post, you know that's going to make it, it it a little bit tougher on her as well. So it'll be interesting. Um, but Appleby, he's had a heck of a year. I mean, he's had about as good a year as you can have, um, you know, as a of a European trainer. You, you can't do much better than he has. You would think, oh, eventually, the way just the way. Racing and breeding has developed. The Godolphin, at some point, has to dominate. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not shocking to me. You know, they're just breed. They're they've got all the bloodlines. You know, it. At at some point, they they they, they pretty much had to take over, and and they seem to have found a trainer that uh, that fits fits with them pr- pretty good. Yeah, they couldn't breed to Galileo, I guess, because of the Coolmore rivalry right. thing. And Galileo's not around anymore, so I think maybe that has helped a little bit too. That um, Coolmore's cooled off a bit. This year is probably the worst year for O'Dana Bryan in a long time. So, well, go to the big one, the classic mile and a quarter on dirt. It's the twelfth race, Paul. Who's taking this one down? Well, if you've been listening to me, you know I'm going to go three-year-olds. I, I think that the three-year-olds are better, and I think they're definitely better at a mile and a quarter. I think Dick Scope maybe could beat him at a mile and sixteenth, <laughs> but uh, at a mile and a quarter, I don't see it. I have decided which way I'm going to go, but I like Hot Rod Charlie and Essential Quality. I think they're going to run one-two again. I just think they're better than the rest of the field. I mean, I, I'm, I could maybe see some bombs for third, but uh, I think it's going to be a – it's going to con- continue the rivalry of Essential Quality and Hot Rod Charlie. I'm leaning that Essential Quality is just better than them, but I'm not convinced it's a, it's a guarantee. So I don't know what to make of the blinkers on with Hot Rod Charlie uh, into the into the race. 
off the two wins. I know he did bear out a little into the stretch. I actually think it might have more to do with the fact that he was kind of lugging in towards the end and looking at things towards the inside of the race at Parks. And I know he's better on the lead, but I don't think it matters. Uh, I, I, these are, when it comes to good Colts, it, it doesn't really matter about, about the about uh, running on the lead or not. So I'm not really con- concerned about that. I just, I'm not sure. I think the, the better horse will win, and I'm not sure which one exactly it is. I, I, I would lean a little towards essential quality, but um, I also don't know what the prices are going to be either. Okay, the three-year-old rivalry potentially could come in uh, one-two uh, as they did in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, the Belmont Stakes, and the Breeders' Cup Classic. Chris, what are you thinking? Uh, I agree with everything Paul said, although I'm leaning Hot Rod Charlie. I think he's actually developed more than a sense of quality in the latter part of the year. I think it, you know, he got beat in the Belmont, but I, you could argue he ran just as well as essential quality in that race. I think his last race was really good. Um, the blinkers back on, and he has been kind of goofy in that race. He was kind of goofy. Even once he kind of dusted midnight bourbon, he was still kind of acting goofy Yeah. down the lane. So I, you know, I don't think it's, it's just, it's just in a, I think they're going to think it'll keep him a little more focused um, down the stretch. Uh, I think they took him off him because they were thinking they wanted to make sure he could eyeball his, his opponents down the stretch. But the, they're, it's a real mild blinker they're using. He can still see people coming up on him. Um, uh, you know, so I, I think uh, that's not a big deal. And, and it really is. Those are the two. They're two really good three-year-olds. And, and it'll probably come down to and they both should get good trips in here. I think Hot Rod Charlie is going to sit off but not be too far behind. Pace should be fast. And essential quality shouldn't have any excuses. He'll be farther back and just do the best horses. Nick's go will be winging on the front end. I think he's going to get a lot of pressure. I He's never been that far. I mean, I, I to me, I think he's an underlay. Um, so I'm, I'm leaning hot ride Charlie. I do think he'll be a better price than essential quality. Um, I could be wrong, but I think he will be. So he'll be a little better value. And I do have kind of like one long shot bomb underneath maybe, um, but I'll turn it over to Scott before I talk about that. Okay. Well, I was in the pre-show, I was leaning towards Art Collector just because he's about as fast as um, the three-year-olds. But they do get four pounds less, Hot Rod Charlie and Essential Quality. So uh, as as unexciting as it is, I believe I'm leaning towards those two with a little bit of essential quality on top, just because I think he's probably going to appreciate the pace scenario uh, a little bit more. Um, but if I play a pick five, if I manage to get one out, um, I will. I would also include both Art Collector and Max Player because. They're fast enough. They're just as fast. They're just carrying a little extra weight. So, um, you know, it's, it could, it would not surprise me if either of those two won. Paul, anything else? Yeah, I think the bomb that I would use uh, is Express Train. I, I, I think he's probably uh, got the most dirtied up form. 
he's uh his last two races he's had he's had horrible trips i kind of like the switch the, the the way he's been the, the way he's been working and his race three back at delmar i actually wish he was in the mile I, I, i'd love him in the mile they they kind of think that he's a mile and a quarter horse because he's performed well but i would i would have loved to see him cut back in the mile but i I do think he'll he'll show up and run to the best of his ability. I just don't think he's as good as the other horses. The two you mentioned on the outside, the two older horses, Max Player, I think is is has run okay and and is a true mile and a quarter horse. But he's even though his figures are maybe are in the in the game, he's a cut below the the two three year olds. Especially, I think you're really going to see it when it comes November of the three year old year. And Art Collector, I'm suspect at a mile and an eighth, even though. He's run real well. He's had good setups, and he could get another good setup if you really break it down. He he could be sitting in a really good spot in this race, especially if the outside is good. Um, when I was looking at pay, at scenarios, race scenarios, he could he could get the favorable one that you that you might not see uh, on paper. But uh, even with that said, I just think it's one of these scenarios where. You know, it's an easy-goer Sunday silence year type year. I just think the three-year-olds, by the time it gets to November, are going to be better than these older horses. And Nick's go at a mile and a quarter. Here's the excuse on Nick's go is that he didn't like the long run to the first turn in the Met Mile. That was the excuse I, we got, right? Well, this is going to be a long. This will be the longest run he's ever had to the a mile and a quarter in the to the first turn. <laughs> You can't, you can't get longer than, that, than he's going to get here, so he's not going to see any turn. That's been the excuse. That's been the reason why he's been so effective, is what everybody says. So I could I could see him really laying an egg, especially if he gets pressured. I I'm not convinced he's going to get pressured really hard, but uh, but if he did, you know, I, I just think you got to be against him. And he, and you know. It seems like it's not a uh, opinion to have these two three-year-olds. I think with Nick's go and even the Baffert horse, there's be enough money bet against the other two that it's uh, that there's some value in it. Yeah, I, I think Medina Spirit can push Nick's go, and they will. I mean, that's the way he went. He's all his races. Um, uh, he wins, or he's you know on the lead, and he and he's kind of gritty, so he doesn't spit it up early so i i just think nick's go is going to be pressured every step of the way kind of in a tag team fashion and he's going an extra quarter of a mile or extra uh eighth of a mile so uh, you know a, as a likely favorite i just think he's definitely the play against doesn't mean he couldn't win because he's definitely a good horse but i mean if he was a mile and a quarter he was as good at a mile and a quarter as a mile and eighth he would have run more in a mile and a quarter and won some races by now. Um, so, you know, I, 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 it's just hard to take that as a short price. Um, the, for me, the long shot, I express train. I like that horse. I just don't think he's a mile and a quarter horse. I agree with you. He'd be better off in the mile to me though, a horse that is a mile and a quarter horse and is improving at the right time and had a big excuse in his last race is Tripoli, the horse that drew on the rail. Gets a big rider switch to IRAD, draws the rail, so he's almost certain to to get a rail rail trip. And with IRAD, you know, he's very aggressive at finding seams. If there's there's not one, he makes one. 
So this horse could, you know, get a really good trip and he, and there should be some pace up front for him to close into last time. Uh, he got tag team, uh, just one of those obvious Baffert tag teams where he used one of his no hope entrants to make life miserable for Tripoli, who he thought was the main threat. And I think that really affected that horse's chances. Um, ever since they moved this horse to the dirt, it's a completely different horse, even though it's really turf bred. So, you know, sitting on the rail with Irad, that horse, I think is the one that could clunk up, I don't clunk up, but, you know, might be able to run third. I don't know if he's good enough to beat Irad Charlie in sense of quality, probably not, but, you know, in the tries, maybe you get past Nick's go and all those other horses that are going to get, you know, bet before him. You know, he might be your trifecta, superfecta horse, the one horse Tripoli. Okay, well, I don't have much to say about Tripoli, so. Um... No, he was definitely against it last time. Chris makes a good point. He had no chance in that in that race. So. And the rest of his form's pretty good. He had good scenario. He had good setups in those other races, but. But it'd probably be overlooked because of his performance last time. Yeah, yeah, I do have him as perfect trip, at least the race before that, um, Pacific Classic. Yeah. I mean, it was good because uh, I liked him in that race. But um, yeah, he's improved every race on dirt. So if he can continue to improve, yeah, I think that's a that's a, a viable third place finish there, Chris. No doubt. Yeah, that's a ceiling, third place. I don't think he's going to win, but um, probably third is the best he could do. But, you know, in this race, if if we're right about the three-year-olds, at least Paul and I, um, you know, they're the exacto. Well, and you might not, you might get some value there, but if you can get like a triple in third, you know, that might be the value in this race. Hey, hey I'm on the three-year-olds too. Okay. I wasn't sure. <laughs> we're we're all like the, your, we're, we're no, we're all in the three rolls. I was just saying that you can use the other two in, in pick ends. Oh, because I know you were a lot higher on Art Collector than I was at the preview part, but you've cooled on him then. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mentioned that okay. at the beginning, but maybe you were taking a coffee break. <laughs> no, I heard you. You were still talking him up like he's just as fast. and, and No, but he, he, he's know. just as fast, but he's carrying extra weight. So, like, it's hard, it's hard to go against the three-year-olds. That's that's that was well, my argument. Yeah, for me, our collectors like Nick's go, but but not as good. I mean, he's not as quick. He's never been a mile and a quarter. He, you know, he's not as fast. Um, and I, I just don't see the scenario where he wins. Maybe Paul's got one drawn up where he could, but to me, he's going to be chasing um, and going longer than he ever has, which is just not the kind of horse I want to play. It would so have to be like I, I one of those. Crazy meltdown, like where, which we never see anymore. But like if Nick's going Medina Spirit went like in 44 or something, you know, and he just sat outside of him and, you know, got like hit with the deck and ended up in front, you know, and got to jump on everybody, something like that. But that would be, in this day and age, it'd be far fetched. Well, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. like I said, to me, he's a use, but he's not, He, you know, I, 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 I would pick essential quality over Hot Rod Charlie and then Art Collector and then Max Player. So, 
Yeah, for me, our collector's a toss. And, they're, you know, he's going to take some money. He's not going to be a favorite, but, you know, to me, he's a toss. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Do we have any other things to say about the uh, the card? We, we already have nine races, so chances are we haven't looked at the other three. But uh, if you guys have any spot plays, let me know. I, I'm more interested in if... Uh, Paul had any strong opinions on the Friday BC races? Have you had anything that you were really interested in on Friday? You know, believe it or not, I, I was going to apologize to Steve Vick on during this podcast because I he wanted me to come on the show and I hadn't done a lot of work and so this morning I did a lot on these nine races that we went over. So Friday's kind of like been <laughs> I've kind of worked backwards, believe it or not. So I haven't done a lot on Friday. Um, the only thing in the in the juvenile race, I like the the maiden. I like command, command performance. performance. Yeah, yeah. In, in the juvenile race, I I think of all the horses I've seen run that are two year olds, he's the he's the highest quality horse that that is truly a two turn distance horse. I don't love that he hasn't won yet, but uh, and I'm I'm not didn't sure. Didn't stop you know, good magic though. Didn't stop. No, and there, there is precedent, right? There's been a maidens have yeah. won this race, right? So, especially and in modern no. day racing when they don't run a lot before they get, you know, like you said earlier, they run so little that, you know, running in <laughs> the second start of his life is in a grade one and then into the Breeders' Cup. It's not like it's, uh, it's not like he's 0 for 12 or anything. Right, and and Chris and I are we both picked that horse. So so. Oh, did you if, really? <laughs> if if this was the Friday pod, it'd be a triple barreled pick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I you know. I just I don't trust Jack Christopher to get the distance. And and the 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 race the California horses are are weird because they're coming off that that track that was so inside speed and it wasn't it wasn't really a wow and the. Horses haven't really run good out of the, the Corniche's races. So I I'm not sold there either. And and I in the in the the Kentucky race was a total the Keeneland race was that was the total meltdown, right? Where the where he got he got the real good setup the winner there. So uh, kinda gotta be you know, he kinda gotta be against all the two year old winners. And so that that that's <laughs> You know, so command performance becomes the most logical one, I think. But, but <laughs> he's the only a, one who that has could be a race that could be anything, right? It could be one of those races at the end where he's, afterwards you, you just have no idea. That's happened in the Breeders' Cup. Where it's, where yeah, and if that course, happens, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. If, if if it's one of those head total head scratchers, you know, then the horse you want to play is American Sanctuary. That was a horse I touted last time. In that bad Keeneland race, <laughs> right. that horse had just a, a he had a, a nightmare trip, and they get a rider switch. I mean, thing I was said about the race, I was worried about Sophie Doyle riding this horse. Um, but its last few races, it's had some major excuses, and um, now they switch riders. I I don't think he's super talented, but I think he's a lot better than the paper says he is. And um, you know, like you said, if this turns out to be one of those weird races. American Sanctuary would be the, the the crazy horse that could win it. I think. Who did Duke pick? Papa Cap, the against horse. I think he liked Command Performance too, didn't he? Um, Scott. 
thought that he was his. Picked, he actually he was against Pinehurst. And um he was he didn't uh, he was between Pinehurst and Papa Cap. Yeah, he I don't really officially have a, a number one selected there. Yeah, Papa Cap is a yeah, he was against <laughs> he was against Corniche. That was the one. Yeah, yeah he, was he was against, against Corniche, him. not Pinehurst. Yeah. Right. Right. You're right. He was for Pinehurst and Papa Cap. Um, I don't remember whether he said, you know, which one he liked better, but he liked those two. That'll be a good race. All right. What? That'll be a good race. Yeah, I think that should be. I, I don't want to put you on a short spot. I thought if you already had looked at it and had opinions, but that's fine. You don't need to. Yeah. <laughs> to try to extract anything else out of that one. Uh, but it sounds like we have a similar opinion on that race. Um, so hopefully we're right about that one. It's not real strong, but hopefully, you know, I, that that's a tough race to have a real strong opinion, I think. Yeah, I was a little di uh, disappointed with the post draw, too, getting stuck yeah. in the 10 hole. I agree. Um, if he had drawn better, I would have been more excited. I was really excited about that horse until the post draw. And now I'm kind of like, I still like him, but you know, he's probably not going to be that great of a play from that post 10. Although I read, you know, he'll try to get over and maybe he'll succeed. Yeah. And the way he runs, he probably post probably doesn't mean that much. All well, right. Thank you guys. Well, yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, Good it was luck. great Good sharing. Yeah. <laughs> great, great having you share your insight with us today. And good luck to everybody listening. All right. Yeah. Good luck to all the listeners. And that will conclude show number 147 of the Sport of Kings pod. Good luck in the Breeders' Cup. And please enjoy the Brooklyn Boogaloo blowout. I'll see you on Sport of Kings. Cheers. Idiot.